Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fly the Coop. I am your host, Carrie Ann Carter. After 22 years in the real estate business, I've seen my fair share of people, stories, and experiences fly the coop in one way or another. This podcast is all about telling those stories. Let's jump into the coop. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fly the Coop. We are so excited to invite Carmen Tong, not only a good friend, but a client of mine. Welcome, Carmen. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Hi, Carrie Ann. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Um, you're, you know, It's just really great getting to know you. And thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast today. Oh, it's Super. an honor. It's an honor. When we were having lunch together a couple weeks ago, it's been now, I said to Carmen, we were visiting and we work together and you have three children, Carmen, three busy, busy children. Yes, I do. And you're married to a doctor. You guys met in college. That's right. And you have a busy, busy, demanding career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all of the above. Um, yeah. And I don't think I'm alone. I think a lot of people, especially women um, these days, wear many, many hats. I, I know you do, Carrie Ann, and you really give yourself um, and devote yourself to, I feel like, every aspect of your life, which is um, really a skill, I think. And it's not something that you're taught necessarily. Um, it's something that you have to approach maybe with hesitation. But um, I think it's just, you know, when you're there, you're there, you're present and it's evident. And I think it's evident in everything you do and just how thoughtful you are and how um, you really consider things um, when you do them, which is really great and just oh. be more mindful. Um, so I'm trying to practice that in my life as well. <laughs> well. That's such a compliment. Thank you so much. Well, I just thought you were so inspiring. And many of you, as I'm building a following, understand that Fly the Coop wasn't necessarily about real estate. It's about people's life stories and that nugget um, that can carry a message to somebody that will be inspiring. That's the point. And visiting with you, you have such a fascinating story. Uh, you guys relocated here to the Twin Cities seven years ago. You have a beautiful home. We've been in the, you've actually been in the throes of trying to figure this right sizing out with three growing children for a while now. It's been a couple of years. And I've met you, I met you actually a couple of years ago, and now we're really getting serious about this life transition, right? Um, Fly the Coop is so many things. It's career, it's growing as a family, growing together as a couple. Uh, you guys met in uh, college and you have these two busy lives with these you know, very dynamic, um, busy kids that are very active. So let's start with moving to the Twin Cities and what it's like raising a young family mm -hmm. and how have you balanced a busy doctor with a career that you want to keep and three kids? How do you make that happen? How do you do that? Sure. That's a great question. <laughs> it's a big question. Yeah. So we moved to Twin Cities because my husband grew up um, near Lake Harriet, which is one of the mo uh, three beautiful city lakes. Um, in Minneapolis. And so I had uh, met him in New York as an adult, like you said, um, back in our college years, um, New York City. So we met a long time ago. Um, but I had, you know, visited um, Minneapolis back and forth. And actually, really funny story, I actually lived in the Twin Cities as a kid. So I knew what I was getting into him too with him. And maybe it was, maybe that's why I started talking to him. <laughs> um, because of that, you know, childhood, really great experience living here. Um, 
but anyway, we moved um, up and down the uh, East Coast, um, mostly for work, for training, um, that kind of thing. So we did have our first child, Oliver, in New York City. So he's a New York kid. Um, wow. And then we frequently had Imogene, our middle, she's seven, and then Elliot, who's five, and he wow. was born here. So it all, all also, you know, came full circle for me mm-hmm. and for think. Um so anyway, we're settled here now, and uh, we don't have any plans to go. <laughs> we love it here. It's a really great place to raise a family. I can't really hardly envision um, raising three kids, you know, like young kids um, in some of these cities on the East Coast, you know, just I know. with living, with um, the density, and just kind of how hectic it is. Um, it's really nice to be able to have more space out here. The schools are really great. Um you know, I am driving a minivan, which is not something I ever thought I would do when I lived in Manhattan. <laughs> I was really 100% career woman, career oriented kind of person, but um, I wouldn't trade it for a thing. Um, and I'm really lucky now, like you mentioned, um, you know, to do the the parenting thing as well as supporting my husband and his busy career. And then also, you know, being mom to um, my three wonderful kids. So it's a lot. Um And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of anxiety and stress that comes with all of that. Just, you know, time management, balancing career and motherhood. Um, You know, like I said, you know, like we were talking about having success in all aspects of your life. Um, You know, obviously not every day can be like, oh my gosh, I was 100% in, you know, everything that I did. But it's, it's, you know, I try to strive to at least be um, present in the moment that I'm in and, um, you know, do things with, uh, mindfulness and thoughtfulness, because yeah. I think you have to kind of curate um, what you bring into your life when you're so busy. Um, I so, agree. It's so yeah. true. Those are great words. Those three, you really hit the three pillars in my mind. It's uh-huh. the curating of the moments and um, how to buffer, uh, I guess, the infiltration of the glitter and the stuff going on in the world right now, especially because of social media, Mm -hmm. Um, managing time, being present. I think that's absolutely spot on being present in the moment with what's in front of you and giving yourself grace. Anybody should be in a position mentally to help lower the anxiety and the stress that comes with stirring so many pots because it's impossible to live a life these days without stirring multiple pots, whatever that looks like. Right. Um, yeah, you were saying, really yeah, like the social media thing, you know, it can be a distraction. It can also be helpful. And um, yeah. I think it's important to look at it both ways. I think you've really got uh, a good pulse on that <laughs> with social media. Um, you know, you can use it to benefit your life as well. You can use it to streamline things. You can Absolutely. use it when you're running to and fro to really, you know, listen to your favorite pod- podcast, like yeah. your podcast oh. or, um, you know, just things like that. So um, it, it can be helpful too. And I think um, I'm a pretty positive person. So I like to see the bright side of things. So, um, you know, yes, there are a lot of negative things. I think you can definitely spend too much time, you know, staring at a screen um, and that can never replace, you know, going for a hike or going for a swim or a walk. But um, but there are times that it, it can be re- really helpful as well. That's why we got to get you moving on to the lake. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you won't go oh, deep diving into that subject. I can sit on my computer, but have the view. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. So what I thought most fascinating about you, because you know what I was, how I started this, everyone, is with every relationship, um, like Carmen and I have been very work focused in 
the um, daily life and finding this home. And we get these tiny little moments of personal conversation, but not enough. So we had an hour to have lunch together. And Carmen, you have a fascinating job. It's a fascinating job. And it really is something that, in my mind, was quite inspiring. So many companies post-COVID, through COVID and post, have really redesigned how they operate. And I think your company is a perfect example of that. So share with everybody what you do and what, how you're working. Cause you're pretty much working from home other than an occasional gathering somewhere in the country. I think it's cool. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, lucky enough to be able to work as Carrie Ann said um, remotely, um, which is nice because it gives me the flexibility to build my own time, you know, hours and things like that and still be able to kind of pick up the guns and drop off and things like that. But um I work for a company called Lose It. It's a tech company and based in Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, we were recently bought out, actually last, not recently, so it was more like a year ago, um, <laughs> by a larger company called Ziff Davis, which is um, a big media company based in New York. And um, we are actually under the Everyday Health Group. So um, it's all about health and wellness. And um, my company focuses specifically on um, the weight loss aspects. So lose it is all about um, maintaining a healthy weight um, and and having this app. Like I said, it's it's actually the kind of app where uh, we don't want you to spend so much time on it. So it's a it's an app definitely that the you know as I was saying technology that is designed to help you in okay. your life, and you can spend as much time or as little time as you want. Um, but it's really, uh, you know, has a calorie counting feature, has a food library, food scanner. Um, and now we're kind of in what my job uh, mostly is, is sort of um, thinking about content and what kind of content and education can we give people to enhance their um, health and wellness journeys? Okay. Very, very amazing. So uh, when we were going into the infrastructure of it, that seems high level, quite simple, right? But the operations and management of it are quite complex. So you mm-hmm. work on a team of about, was it 50? Is that right? Yeah. So the entire company is actually uh, just under 50 employees okay. um, at Lose It. Yeah. Obviously, the parent companies are a lot larger, but um, but yeah, Lose It has really uh, managed to stay, to stay lean. And so people, like I said, like I do in my life and you do in your life, um, even the people at the company wear a lot of hats. So it's been really fun to learn, you know, just that you're not siloed and put into a box. You know, you can, if you're interested in writing, which I love to write, um, I, I've done a lot of writing for the company. Um, and I like to tell stories, you know, so <laughs> in different ways, different mediums. Um, so you can do that. That's really, it's really great. So your job is not just what the job description is. And so you have, if you have an interest or a passion, you can really bring that into your work as well. Um, so that's really nice because sometimes at really large companies, you may not have that opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as um, what exactly is your role? Cause it was really interesting listening to what you do. It was fascinating. Sure. Yeah. So I started out, um, doing industry marketing for Lose It. So working with um, the VPs and the CEO to um, to build out their reputation, build, build out the company's reputation and really just tell the narrative of the company, um, what we, we know, what Lose It is all about um, and, and you know, putting Lose It on the map, essentially. Um, so that was kind of the first 
you know, what I did at first. And then of course we were acquired. So that was, um, <laughs> you know, something that um, obviously resonated with people. They saw, okay, this, you know, there's a good leadership team here. Um, mm -hmm. This company is worth it. And that was kind of my job initially was to um, make people know that, you know, we are a small team, lean, um, but super hardworking, super smart people. And um, look, we help over 50 million people around the world lose, um, you know, millions and millions of pounds <laughs> every day. Wow. Wow. So That's amazing. So yeah. if you wanted to learn more about this company and about what it can do for them, how would they research it? What do they just Google lose it? Yes, yeah, so you can go to the app store on your phone. Um, you can just type in lose it. And it's, uh, you know, you'll see the calorie counting. It's, you can also look under calorie counting apps. Um, but if you just go to the app store, type in lose it, um, that's the easiest way to find lose it. Interesting. We also have presence on the web as well. So you could do, you know, www.loseit.com. And um, I do a lot of writing for the blog actually called the secret ingredient. So, you know, that's where it's like a go-to for health and wellness content. Um, you know, if you want to start a weight loss journey, if you just want tips on how to you know, navigate, lose it and how to start, um, that's another way to do it. And it's a free product. That's the other thing. Wow. It starts, you know, you can, you can um, download it for free and, you know, um, successfully start your health and wellness journey. It's amazing. So the behind the scenes on that, I'm assuming then the affiliates, there's advertising and as an operating company, what's their revenue stream? How does that work? Is it through advertising? Yeah. So um, that's something new that we're trying out um, a little bit of advertising within the app, but um, it's, you know, a lot of it initially was just putting um, the time and money and resources into research and making their products really great. So wow. the product is, I have to say, really amazing. <laughs> there are competitors out there who do similar things, but, um, you know, the barcode, barcode scanner, the library, uh, and just the ease of use is sort yeah. of unparalleled with this wow. product. Yeah, it's the complexity when we were having lunch together of what's going on behind the scenes to make the services available and operate well, it's just quite complex now because of technology, right? The technology is mind blowing and there needs to be operators behind that and designers behind that. So what was your degree in college? What did you graduate with? Um, communications and focusing in marketing. Okay, so cool. Essentially what I've done my whole career, I've done, you know, around the gamut from working with luxury, um, brands to, you know, promoting Chinatown, New York City after 9-11, um, wow. in higher education, working at a hospital. I've done I've done kind of all of the above. Um, so at the end of the day, I really see myself as now, you know, um, kind of the you know generalist, um, all types of marketing I've done. You know, I started out my career actually doing focusing on public affairs, public public relations. So talking to the media, running press conferences, things like that. Wow. Um, that's internal communications for a hospital, which is very different. So yeah, for sure. So yeah. if you were to um gravitate to one thing you're really passionate about, it seems like you like writing quite a lot. I do love writing. I I um and I think yeah writing is just something that I guess is my one of my favorite ways to tell a story, but at the end of the day, I, I see my job as storyteller. <laughs> mm -hmm. And whether that be on um, you know a tweet or a press release, or you're writing up a success story, you know someone who's lost over a hundred pounds 
and have um, has successfully maintained their weight. Um, it's, you know, telling the story um, for the correct audience in a variety of different mediums. So that's kind of, you know, what I love to do. Yeah. Um, and you can learn so much. You could almost be a subcontractor. Like you could be with the um, work experience and the variety, you could be consulting <laughs> with a variety of different companies. That's yeah. a skill set. Yeah. Yeah. And I am a marketing consultant with Lose It. So um, it is great. Like I do, um, you know, potentially if I have more time, I could, you know, actually do that for other companies as well. Yeah. Um, time, right? That's the problem. Right now, with Lose It. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, my youngest is going to be starting kindergarten in the fall. So, um, you know, I thought about it, you know, my mom and my sister-in-law, my brother's um, new wife, they're actually thinking about launching their own businesses um, and they're, you know, what they want to do. So I've kind of, you know, uh, on an unofficial basis, um, helping them, you know, think about um, their business plans, their marketing plans and things like that. So oh, fun. You got to yeah. You got to come up with a a plan so you can start charging for your services. That's right. I know with family, it's like, okay, it's free. <laughs> I don't think so that is a rabbit hole, right? Because like many um, opportunities in careers, there are so many places to use energy and time. So kind of building a box around, you know, identifying the top priorities each day and each week. So you have the work-life balance. How do you do that for the men and women out there that are listening? How do you find when you have such a broad um, responsibility in a career like this, and there is some travel involved, and you're trying to take care of a home and raise children and have a relationship with your husband or wife, all those things, how do you do that? How do you prioritize your week? Yeah, I think it's a juggle. And I think I'm definitely guilty of, you know, one of the being one of those people that makes lists in their heads at night in bed and just staying up for an hour. And sometimes those lists in my head translate to lists in my notes um, feature in my phone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I am a very visual person. So for me, I've always um, been a better, I remember things better when I write them down. So mm -hmm. whether it's typing something in a phone or writing in my notebook. Um, that's just kind of how I sort things out in my head. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with analog. <laughs> yeah, there isn't. You know, that's funny you use that word because I just uh, interviewed, we just dropped, I sent it to you, Joan Serrano, who's an architect here in the uh -huh. cities. And she yeah. used that word analog and I haven't heard it for so long and <laughs> you just using it again. But there is something to be said for old school old fashioned writing. I think there's a, it helps slow the process and slow the mind a little bit and helps. It. I think people are so prone because it's promoted, right. To be digital and keep things on here um, mm -hmm. and utilize this solely. Uh, I do think that can create more. Oopsie. Speaking of which somebody's uh, <laughs> talking here. <laughs> it was Joan. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I I feel like the process of getting away from the screen and from the phone and from all of the interrupt that comes from that, because there's so much, and just purging, I say to the team, purge the brain at night. Yeah. Whatever's in there. 
dump it on a piece of paper so it's out of your mind and you can sleep. Yeah. And I'll I'm guilty of it for sure, Carmen. Like I won't do that. And then I'm up at one in the morning, which I have to say I was that was last night. And I'm I'm purging the head, purging the head because it's just full. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to go to sleep. I just have to go down and write. And then once it's cleared out, you can sleep. I think yeah, is right. That's a great word. Yeah, even if there are things that, um, you know, that you have to do. So there's always, you know, the list you can prioritize it. So there's obviously the urgent things that you just must do. Like you must take the kids to their soccer game. You must attend this meeting for work. Uh, you must get the groceries for dinner. There, those are the musts. And then there's the, you know, there's the would like to, you know, I would like to get to this and, and you know, these five things tomorrow. Um, and then obviously they're the ones that are more, sort of, okay, if I get to this, that's great. If I don't, you know, it can go to next week. Um, so I think it's like constantly like reshuffling, thinking about priorities. Um, and sometimes things fall through the cracks. That is totally normal. <laughs> you know, nobody, you know, we could all use a four day weekend, right? Oh <laughs> we could all gosh. use, you all know. All of us could. What yeah. I love about Carmen and Corey, her husband, uh, you're, you two tag team beautifully. I get to spend and visit with these two quite a lot because we're in the middle of their search right now. And, um, Corey will call me after he's finished procedures for the day and he'll be in the grocery store picking up groceries at six 37 at night. And Carmen's at the violin lesson and tag teaming the three kids. You guys do a beautiful job of tag teaming as two career parents for those that are young, um, you know, young married couples starting their family, what would be the three pieces of as three pieces of advice that you'd give anybody who is building a family together and are keeping careers, both of them, what would you say to them? Sure. I would say, you know, one thing is recruit the right team around you. <laughs> um, you know, whether it's um, asking for parental help, um, you know, if you can, if you can afford it and, um, you know, have the time, you know, if, if you can afford it, try to get a caregiver occasionally, you know, maybe occasional babysitter, um, when I lived in Boston, we weren't able to do that. And it was tough because it was all me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, my my relief would come through the um, in the form of, you know, hanging out with friends. So we would all be in it together. You know, all of us would be at the park and be like sweating and running to and from. Oh, my gosh, I have so much to do. But let's just like talk about it together because we're all in it together. <laughs> so that's another thing. Like if you can't um, outsource the help, um, you know. Um, find other people that are in the same position as you and they can relate and you can help each other out potentially. So that's another way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, also, you know, do um, do the things you like and try to delegate the rest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, when it comes to household chores, um, taking care of the kids, you know, maybe one parent likes to do um, the bedtime stories. Maybe the other parent likes to do the sports games with the kids or the diaper change, you know, depending on what stage you're in. Right. Um, so I think, you know, figure out what the things are that you enjoy doing when it comes to those kinds of chores and then delegate the rest if you can. That's a great piece um, of advice. It really is. And I, and I guess like just find the humor too um, would be my third piece of advice, you know, find the humor in everything you do. Don't get too serious. Don't be too hard on yourself and don't take life too seriously. I think, um, you know, if there's a pile of laundry, there's a pile of laundry, it's not going to hurt you. And, um, if you'd rather be in the playground outside with your kids, you know, do that too. So, um, I think that's it's great advice because we can't get in the weeds, right? I always say this uh, to people, to the team, to clients, 
don't deep dive to a place where you get stuck there. I know I'm guilty of it. I, I have to pull myself out of those places sometimes where you get fixated, get fixated on this thing and you just have to do it and you have to step back and say, okay, what's really a priority right now? Like what is really important that has that I'd rather do if I had the choice. Cause there's yeah, and constantly, constantly. Yeah. Like I said, I'm constantly reshuffling those priorities too. Um, so I think it's, you know, they're, they're not, um, they're fluid, right? Like it's kind of like, um, you know, those magnetic um, <laughs> words that you can put on your fridge, you can put them in different places, <laughs> you know? So there's different, different ways to, to make it, um, to make it work. Um, but so everyone, there's no, there's no one pathway. I have another question for you because you are an, you know, your parents are, I believe they're international. They're elsewhere, right? Which country? They're in Hong Kong. Kong. Uh, Hong Kong. Yeah. So what was the decision? Cause I meet clients and I have friends like you that their parents are international. They're not in the States. Mm-hmm. A, how did you make that decision when, you know, those family components are so strongly rooted. I know you have the opportunity to be over there at least once a year, I believe, if not twice, we'll talk about that. But then how do you implement a plan so they're able to, you're able to have the quality time you want? How do you do that? And how did you make the decision to separate the ties and come to the States? Some people are leaving and going elsewhere, some, the family piece of it, but there's definitely a lot more divide than there used to be in terms of where parents are, and where the kids end up going just because of the world, what's going on right now, there's that ability. So how do you manage that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny. So my parents met um, in Chicago, actually, I was born in Chicago. So I am like, I guess a Midwestern girl, although I consider myself really like, I've moved around a lot, quite a bit in my life, um, even as a child. Um, and like you said, I, you know, my parents are in Hong Kong. I lived in Hong Kong for six years. So a lot of my best friends are from Hong Kong. So I also see Hong Kong as home. Um, but, um, you know, technology is one thing, you know, staying in touch through zoom. Um, I had attended American schools and international schools in Hong Kong. So I always knew that I was going to come to the States for college. Um, you know, landed, you know, in New York right after college. That's when I met Corey. Um, but and my brother as well. So the two of us, you know, we're both in the States. Um, my parents, you know, they have um, relatives and their moms to take care of in Hong Kong. So their yeah. home is really there. Their careers were there. Um, and, you know, obviously when growing up as a family, you know, um, when, when I was 10, we moved to China. So I lived okay. in China for a year and then Hong Kong for six years. Um, so I was kind of like your American girl and then we moved. So my parents are also dual citizens. Um, like I am They're you know, they American passport and, um, Hong Kong passports as well. Um, so, you know, we're as a family used to like traveling to see each other, um, in college, I would go back, you know, like you said, once or twice a year. And, um, aside from the pandemic, you know, I did try to go with my family, um, and the kids um, once a year to Hong Kong to see them. What a treat for them too. What an experience, right? That's amazing for them. Yeah. And Carrie Ann knows, I mean, one of the criteria for the new house is to have enough space for my parents to stay for a prolonged time. Because, you know, the next time they come to the States, uh, I do want them to stay for longer if possible and have them, you know, space that um, they are not (laughs) able to have in Hong Kong because everyone lives in a shoebox in Hong Kong. So I think it's here, you know, to just be able to spread out and um, have space would be really nice. 
It is fascinating. Well, that's another fly of the coop conversation, housing and how we perceive it, what our expectations are and how different they are in other parts of the world, right? So give people an example of what life looks like for your normal pedestrian in Hong Kong. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like New York times 10. (laughs) It's like city times 10 because I lived in New York as well. Um, It's not as bad as like, say, Tokyo, that there were people, you know, there are people pushers that push you into the subway, but it can get really busy. Um, So you're just always like around people, which is really great because you get their energy. Um, You actually become a very efficient person. And in fact, I had colleagues in New York City who were like, I have never seen a someone who walks as fast as you do. And I used to do a lot of walking for work, um, you know, just doing like giving press tour, taking people to, you know, around Chinatown to meet all the different businesses and eat at restaurants. It was a really fun job, by yeah, the way. Sure. Wow. <laughs> so wow. I, you know, my colleagues were like, oh my God, you walk faster than like a New Yorker does. And I'm like, well, you know, have you been to Hong Kong? Uh, everyone's like this, you know, if you don't, if you're not like this, you can't do anything. You can't get anything done. You can't find a table at a restaurant. You can't, you know, check out. Um, in fact, you know, one of the biggest, the funniest examples of, you know, just how people are so highly efficient in Hong Kong is when you go to the grocery store and you pay, if you pay in cash, they already have the change for you, the exact change waiting for you. And while you're still like fumbling with your wallet, like they're just so fast. Oh my and I'll God. give you an example. I opened a checking account for the first time. I went to school in North Carolina and it took two and a half hours, I think, to open a basic college checking account. And I remember calling my mom who was in Hong Kong. I said, this is really different from life in Hong Kong. Like it was like, it was like culture shock for me. Like I just couldn't believe that something so simple could take like um, so long. <laughs> so efficiencies, the efficiencies of it are really, really elevated. And also just the density. I mean, Hong Kong's really dense. So, you know, people are used to living in really tight spaces, um, you know, with maybe multi-generations as well. Um, and most people live in apartments and really tiny, tiny apartments as well. But what's your square footage, like the average family to give people um, perspective? You know, I am no expert, so I really can't say, but I can tell you that I think it is the most expensive place to live in the world. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, Carrie yeah, <laughs> But I think I, so. Hong Kong is generally number one. It's been number one probably for, you know, a long time. Um, so, you know, every square foot is just precious. Um, you, <laughs> you're lucky if you have two bathrooms, to be honest. You're really lucky. Um, and you're lucky if you don't have to share a room with a sibling. When your parents come to the States and they have over their lifetime, what's their take on housing here versus housing in Hong Kong? What's their personal opinion on that? Oh, they're always saying things like, oh my gosh, for the amount of money that, you know, we spend um, on our apartment, we could live in a mansion. (laughs) (laughs) That's essentially what it is. It's just um, what you get in those different countries is so different. So different. I don't think people, because you know, Minnesota in the Midwest, people pretty much stay grounded when they're from this part of the world. They don't do a lot of traveling, a lot of them, not everybody, but this is always fascinating, I think, because people do get very, um, you know, focused in their own experience and forget how different it is in other parts of the world and how lucky we really are. We're in fact, our housing is really affordable here in the grand scope you know, of looking at other parts of the country and the world, for sure. Yeah, look, it surprised me too. I mean, I think, you know, like 
living in expensive cities like Boston and New York, and then coming here and you're looking at the prices and, you know, what you can get. And it is astounding, you know, how different um, those cities are. It really um, is. Yeah. So it's, and it's all That's relative, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, we're looking for a bigger house. Of course we could stay in our current house. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, given the fact that we, we know we're going to be here for the long term, um, my husband's desire is to really find something closer to a body of water, which I cannot complain. You know, Hong Kong is an island country. <laughs> New York was always, you know, there was always, I was always looking at water or, you know, walking near the water. So I think water is a big deal for me. I, I also think it's, you know, really nice to be close to a body of water, to be able to have that sort of lifestyle. And Well, and we have so much of it here. We really do. People forget, you know, like the state and the city at 60% water. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, marshland and lakes. There's a lot. They say the land of 10,000 lakes, Carmen, it's like exceeds 11,000. I remember what the number is, Carter. We'd have to Google it. It's like 11,500 or something like that. It's well oh. over 10. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really great marketing campaign. I was just thinking, I used to do some, you know, tourism destination marketing. And man, that would be a great campaign because I didn't know that. You know, yeah. everyone's 10,000, but if it's more like 1150, you know, 11,500. <laughs> I could do a whole piece on that. We could do a whole That's piece right. on that. So <laughs> I could talk to you for hours. You're so fun. We've already, we've already just been chatting away. If you were to, um, speaking to the women out there, if you were to give them one sound piece of advice based on where you're at in your life now, and this next adventure, this next home, which is going to be a long game, like what we're looking at, the reason we're taking the time we're taking is this is a long game. This will be an expensive home and you're going to be in it for a long time. So um, navigating lifestyle change and as it relates, because that's what I do, right? I help people with lifestyle change as it relates to the balance of that and figuring out how to make a decision with a partner what would be the piece of advice? Because that can be a big struggle, right? There's always differences in what the two partners want. And how do you come together for the sake of fulfilling each individual want and the family growth, knowing you're going to be in this space for probably 15, 20 or more years? What would mm -hmm. be a piece of advice to people in that place right now in their life? Yeah, no, you're right. It's so daunting, right? Like you could be, you know, get along in every way, be so compatible with your partner, but you know, everyone is different, which is what makes life beautiful. <laughs> I think um, for me, at least, you know, staying curious, um, learning about things, listening to others and just being open-minded. Um, I've, you know, like you, like, you know, I've told you I've moved around a lot as a child, as an adult. Um, I think it's really good to have that flexibility and be open-minded to everything um, because you never know. <laughs> you never know what you're going to love. You never know what you're going to fall in love with when it comes to real estate. Yeah. Um, and um, I think, you know, if you can convince your partner to do the same, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, if they're more stubborn, then you may have to work, you know, around mm -hmm. some of the things that they, you know, they cannot um reconcile with, I guess. Um, so, and, and I guess also for yourself, you know, think about what are the things that you really want? Like for me, one thing is just to have a lot of light um, in the home. That's something that's really important to me. And my partner luckily agrees with that as well. Yeah. So um, that's kind of a deal breaker. So if the house is really dark, you know, I don't think I'm going to envision myself spending mm -hmm. um, you know, however many years there. 
Um, yeah. Maybe. So being really clear about what you want. I think being clear about what you want and maybe even just writing out a list of, like I said, we were talking about pen and paper or, you know, on your iPad, um, each person write a list and just see, you know, where are the differences, where are the commonalities um, and looking at it that way. Like I said, I'm very visual. So if you can see like, okay, there are like 15 commonalities, like let's focus on those and find a home that fits that criteria. Great um, advice. Really. <laughs> That's really great advice. We're going to add that. That's brilliant, honey. Well, you and I are definitely going to visit again, maybe by the end of the year, once you've found your home, which I know you will this year. I know you guys are going to find your home. Um, so everybody look up Carmen Tong. She works for Lose It. We're going to add it. She's a mother. She's a career person. She is a beautiful wife and has a wonderful husband. She lives in the Twin Cities, and she's got a lot of insight on all things life. So it has been an honor, Carmen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. You're lovely. Thank you. Oh, you are too. Thank you, Carrie. And it's been a really wonderful journey to getting to know you and um, coming onto your podcast. Yeah, super fun. We'll be doing lots of work together. I know it. You're you're um, quite the talent, young lady. So thank you again, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Fly the Coop and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Fly the Coop. Be sure you subscribe to the show and leave us a review. I sure would appreciate it. We'll see you next time in the coop.